Welcome to the Mimi B Podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and this podcast is designed to help you become the best version of yourself possible. This podcast will motivate you and give you the tools that you need to get to where you want to be. Everybody, I have never been so excited to introduce a guest on the Mimi V podcast ever in my entire life. Wow. Yeah, that's a big intro. You deserve it. This is Ed Milet. He is an I don't even know. I I don't even know if I should introduce you because everyone probably knows who you are. He's like one of the most incredible motivational speakers in the world, a top entrepreneur. And just like, if you don't know Ed, your life is about to change, basically. (laughs) Thank you. Great to be with you. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. uh, Welcome to my house. Yeah, his beautiful house. Guys, we're on the beach right now. If you're not watching the video on YouTube, it's absolutely out of control. I'm just so happy to be here. And I just can't wait for this conversation. Me too. I'm grateful. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Ed, you've had, you've gone through the most incredible transformation Mm -hmm. and like your story is just so commendable and you you know, you're one of the top performance coaches in Mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to dig into a conversation, just, you know, talking to the young women listening, Mm -hmm. you know, I know some men probably, but mostly young women Mm -hmm. that are the beginning phases in their life. They don't necessarily know what they want to do yet. Mm-hmm. And they have passion and drive inside of them. They just like don't know what to do with it and don't know which habits they need to take on yeah. to best utilize that. Like, mm-hmm. what would you just start off by saying to these these people? Yeah. Well, I have, a, I have a large following that are, you know, like 16 to 21 year old young women in my yeah. following. And I have a daughter who's mm-hmm. 16. Oh, 16. So we have these conversations a lot. Um, the biggest thing I, I tell my daughter that I would say to everybody listening to this is I'd really spend some time uncovering what your gifts are. And I'm a person of faith. I believe God gave you two or three really special gifts that are yours. And when you're young, sometimes that's not easy to know what they are. What's my gift? I don't even know what I want, right? And I would say that your gift is usually where your passion is. Like, what are you interested in? Are you interested in music? Do you like art? Do you love helping people? Do you love, you know, medicine, math? You know, what are the things that, you know, you've always been pretty good at? You know, ever since you were a little girl, it's something you've just been kind of good at doing. And I think those are the areas that you should start thinking about your life and your career. And I'm a huge believer, though, that there's a lot of mixed messages and mis-messaging to young people on social media. A lot of people message young people and say, you should really be patient, take your time, enjoy your life. Yeah. And that's like 1980s advice. Because yeah. of these things right here, these smartphones and technology young people are changing the world. Yeah. And you, you know, what if someone would have told me, I, I made my first million dollars when I was 25. Yeah. What if someone would have said to Kylie Jenner, mm-hmm. hey, uh, take your time, chill, yeah. enjoy yourself. She just sold half her company for $600 million, Insane. right? Or Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. And all these young people, they're doing missionary work around the world. You don't have to be, you don't have to have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to be the smartest person in the world and you don't have to be 30 years old. You could be any age to start making change. Just get, get in touch with what your passions and gifts are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what what are your passions and gifts? Because you help people. That's your thing. You're yeah. an amazing coach. And you, Thank you. Your, your main thing, even before we started recording, you were like, I just want to help people. We were talking about your jet. And you're yeah. just like, honestly, I just want to help people. And like, yeah. the shit's just the shit, you know? Like, yeah, like what's next for me material-wise? Nothing. I really want to help people. I, my, my life started, you know, and it's interesting, just trust the journey in your life too. So I got out of college and I was a baseball player and I, it, for whatever reason, my career didn't work. Yeah. And I was unemployed. I had no passion, no drive, nothing. Like I didn't know what I want to do. All I thought I wanted to do was play baseball. So a lot of you can relate to that. It's like, I don't even know what I want. And my dad got sober. Everything in your life happens for you and not to you. And my dad was a big drinker. 
really big drinker and he gets sober and he goes to this meeting or an AA meeting and they're like, my, he comes home from the meeting and goes, I got you a job. I was yeah. back living at my parents' house, not doing good. And he's like, I got you a job. I go, what is it? He goes, it doesn't matter. Just show up tomorrow. And I show up to this job in the morning and my life changed. And it was just a job. It was minimum wage, but it was part of that path I chose. And what it was, it was it's an orphanage. It was a giant orphanage of boys. All my boys were nine to 12 years old. And my life changed because all these boys, they just wanted someone to love them and believe in them and care about them and coach them on how to live because they had these parents that were either dead, had molested them or were incarcerated. They were orphans. And my life changed. I'm like, oh my God, I love serving other people. Yeah. I love helping other people. This is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And that led to business later, but I've never started any of my businesses to make money. Yeah. That's what's ironic. None of it was about money. All of it was about, does this help somebody? Yeah. Can I coach them? Does it, does it use my gifts? And so that's my passion has always been, but especially now that I'm a grown up, is to help other people. I, I had a heart attack when I was 30. Really? Yeah. And I lived. It was a very serious event. Like I almost didn't. And yeah. I promised God, I said, Lord, if you'll help me live through this and I become successful, I'll spend the rest of my life helping other people do it. Yeah. And so that's why we're here today on a Tuesday. You know, we could be anywhere. So I want to help people and that's people listen to this. Freaking incredible, honestly. <laughs> Good for you. I like that. That's just mind blowing. And yeah. it's so incredible to see and be surrounded by so many people that are actually living their freaking passion. Yeah. It's an epidemic that people these days wow. are just average. And mm -hmm. I use average as a bad word and mm -hmm. people hate me for it. They're like, oh, what's wrong with being average? I'm like, listen, if that's what you want to do, then go for it. But mm. we all have so much deep inside of us, mm. so much untapped potential that mm. we just don't tap into. And it's like, You're it's, right. it's so sad. It's like disgusting almost how we can just go through life and not ever, you know, go and, and reach that limit. You are, that's what I love about you. <laughs> and by the way, your ability to articulate too, you're so gifted, but that's exactly, you. you said epidemic. Average is like this slow asphyxiation. It yeah. just sort of slowly over time kills you. And I just want everybody to hear this. You were born to do something special. You were born to do something great with your life. You're supposed to do something awesome. You weren't born to be average and ordinary. Yeah. And, and, and great things could be in small ways. Yes. Great things could be, I mean, literally before we came down here, a uh, dear, dear friend of mine's um, husband um, took his own life last night. Just before we came down here, I got that call. And here I am, I'm in this space where I help people. I've had people on my show, literally, whose husbands had taken their own lives to serve people. And I was, before we came down, the reason there was a little bit of a delay, I get emotional when I even tell you this, but I'm like, should I have done something? You know, should I have reached out? Did I, should I have known something was happening with him? And that, that, that these little things you do for your friends, are you okay, girl? Are you okay? I love you. Taking care of your friends, making a difference, checking in on people. Those are, those seems like insignificant. That's greatness, right? Starting a business and getting a jet and having a beach house. This is greatness too, but there's small acts of greatness you can have every single day by encouraging people, by believing in people, by just, if you just decided right now, I'm not going to be average. I will not settle for an average life. Malcolm X has this great quote. He said, that which you do not hate, you will eventually tolerate. There has yeah. to be this point where you just, dis you're disgusted with average. You can't stand to be just a face in the crowd. You don't want to just blend in. You want to be somebody. Yeah. You want to do something awesome with your life. And the reason you kind of have that there is because you were born with it. You're supposed to. But then you grow up as a little girl and maybe your parents treat you a certain way or things happen at school and you just kind of get into life and all of a sudden you're like, I'm just average. But you weren't that way when you were a baby. You weren't born to be that way. You were born to be special. Yeah, you're conditioned. You've been conditioned. Yeah, exactly right. But you can decondition, right? 100%. How do you do that? 
You do that by listening to somebody like you and me. You do. You do it through associations. Yeah. You've become the way you are. Like all these fears and shynesses or insecurities you have or worries, you weren't born with any of them. They were all given to you. Mm -hmm. They were given to you by your parents, by your friends, or by experiences you had when you were a little girl. All of them. You were not born, you were not born scared as a baby. Yep. You were born happy. You were born joyful. You were born learning and exploring and learning to walk and learning to talk and people would come and you just smile, right? Mm -hmm. So you learned all these fears and worries. So you can unlearn them. You can learn the skills of achievers. There's people like me, first time in the history of the world because of technology, and I'm not bragging, but every day on Instagram or my podcast, you can listen to someone who's built a half a billion dollar net worth. I've been married one time to one woman. I've got great family and I teach you what I did to get that life. And never in the world. When I was a kid, there was Tony Robbins. You buy one of his books and kind of hope you could listen to a tape or something. Now, every single day, there's access to people like me and people like you that they connect with. They're like, this girl's going for it. She's making moves. She's meeting people. She's making change. She's living her best life, right? You can get these tools and access. The biggest thing is you have to take some action on it, though. Yeah. You can't be some spectator, like just watching social media, just listening to stuff. Take some actions on some of the things that we teach and your life will actually change. Okay, so what are some of these actions for someone that's not that familiar with your work? What are some top, like your top three or four habits that okay. people just need to start bringing into their life? Okay, not to be too complicated, but I want you to work first of all on your self-worth or your identity. Yeah. How you feel about yourself. And the way you do that is by who you hang around. How do they make you feel? Who do you listen to on a regular basis? Your identity is like a thermostat. It's sitting on that wall over there, right? Mm -hmm. That thermostat sets the whole temperature for this room. Yeah. It's at like 74 degrees. No matter how hot it is outside, no matter what the external conditions are, that thermostat regulates this room and what it's going to be like. Your identity is your life thermostat. So no matter what it's set at, no matter what's happening externally, good or bad, you will find a way to regulate your life to that thermostat setting. That setting of happiness, abundance, money, joy, relationships, passion. So you got to work on that identity. That's a huge one. Number two thing, there's this thing in your brain called the reticular activating system. You don't even know what it need to know what it is. RAS. RAS. But it's your filter. It's yeah. literally how you see the world. Okay. And so that's like it filters into you what's important. So like if there's a pair of shoes that you really like or a purse you really like or a car, all of a sudden you see them everywhere, don't you? You're like, that girl's got one. That car, I see that. A car could be three lanes over other side of the freeway. You see that car coming. Why? They were always there. But now you see them because they're important to you. It filters into your life what's important. So what if you could start to f be focused all the time on what you're grateful for? Things that you're happy about. Things that are joyful. Things that could grow your business. All of a sudden, they become that purse. They become that blue car that you don't, you didn't have before. You'll start to see these things. It's like a matrix. Yeah. You literally begin to see things in your life that were always there, but you were oblivious to them because they weren't filtered into your importance. So every morning, get up and visualize what you want your life to look like. Make I do this a gratitude exercise where I, who, who am I grateful for? Yeah. Who loves me? What am I excited about? It takes me two minutes, but what it does is it programs that part of my brain all day to find things I'm excited about, that I'm grateful for people that love me. You will find what you're looking for in life. Here's what most people do. They're never take control of what they're looking for. So they react all the time. They were mean to me. This situation happened. I didn't pass this test. And you're reacting all the time rather than going, what do I want to see? Yeah. What do I want to see? I'd love to have a day where I find a whole bunch of stuff I'm grateful for. I'd love to have days where I find a whole bunch of stuff I'm excited about. I'd love to have a day where I learn new things and I meet cool people, right? Well, that happens. They're everywhere. They are everywhere. But 
If your filter is, what am I worried about? What am I afraid of? Am I going to embarrass myself? Guess what you see? Situations to be worried about, situations to be fearful of, places to embarrass yourself. You're going to see what your RAS is programmed to find. So take control of that. Oh my God, epic. I've yeah. heard you on podcasts yeah. before talk about the identity thing as yeah. well, the thermostat. It's just so, it makes so much sense to just visualize that because it, it it's just so simple. You know, we're in control. Yes. And people's personalities can change. Yes. You know, like we're in total control. And that's something that I, I always preach on the podcast is that like, you know, take control of your life. Mm -hmm. Like decide on what you want and then figure out a plan and then get there. There's a huge power. You're brilliant, by the way. <laughs> There's a huge power to what you just said, and it's the word intention. There's a gigantic power, the power of just being intentional about mm -hmm. things. Like most people, you talk about average, they just sleepwalk through their life. Yeah. They're not feeding themselves good books to read. They're not watching good stuff on social media. They don't listen to the. So the fact that someone's listening to this right now or watching this, yeah. you are in the one percentile. Yeah. You're in the half of one percentile, like literally by listening or watching this, you, 99 of your friends aren't listening or watching this. Yeah. You are. Give yourself some credit for that. Yeah. And the other thing too is, I do this pretty often with myself because I grew up really shy, really insecure, alcoholic dad. I was undersized. I think even a little bit my normal nature. I'm a little quiet, mm -hmm. right? Like, so I had to really take control of this stuff. I give myself credit when I'm doing stuff. Yeah. You know, like I when I'm when I'm doing work, people aren't willing to do. I'm like, I'm gonna get stuff they're not gonna get. Mm -hmm. I'm always giving myself credit. I'm intentional with growing me. Most of you listening to this are so much kinder to your girlfriends than you are yourself. When you're getting ready to go out and you guys are getting dressed, women are this way big time, man. Yeah. Wow, you look so beautiful, sis. You look beautiful, hon, right? And then you're critical to yourself. I look fat in this. My makeup's not right. I don't tall enough. And you're so hard on you and so kind to everybody else. What if you just started to give yourself the gift of being just as kind to yourself as you are to everyone else? Mm -hmm. Just if you started there, just yeah. being as nice to you as you are to everyone else. Because yeah. really good people, they're always that way. They're always they're always they eat last. They're always most they're always most concerned about other people. They're always filling up everyone else's cup, yeah. and they never get their cup filled up. And I was that person. I was always so kind to everyone else and building other people up. And I'm like, I suck. No one wants to hear this stupid deep voice of mine. You know, I, got, I make weird facial expressions. Did you ever listen to yourself when you oh talk? Oh my God, I, at the beginning, yeah. I hated it. Yeah, I'm like, oh my God, that voice, who, you know, and, and so we're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. Be a little more kind and gentle with yourself. Yeah, you know what I've realized? The, the moment that my relationship with myself started to improve is, is the moment that my entire life changed, mm -hmm. right? Like I went through a big transformation about five years ago. Like I was really insecure, really non confident, like hated how I looked, like it was just, negative mm. constantly and i'd put on this fake confidence this fake positivity because i thought that was like who i was supposed to be but deep mm. down i didn't feel good about myself and i hated myself right wow. and then you know now since i've gone through all this work it's like my life like you can just like see the world change you, you know? change your identity i changed my fucking identity you did and you change yeah. your you also change that filter that's so magnificent yeah. what a gift to give yourself that gift young yeah because i'm gonna tell you guys you get to my age i have so many friends that are in their 30s and 40s mm -hmm. some of them in their 50s and they're still haven't given themselves that gift yeah. they've gone through their entire life not liking themselves and some of them by the way have made a lot of money. Yeah. Nothing's worse than having a great life around you and still being unhappy. Yeah. And so giving yourself that gift and a biggest thing for girls that I would say and young women too, and any man listening to this as well, don't settle. Oh my God, do not settle. Yeah, don't yes. settle for a man who doesn't treat you like a queen, like, like an angel, like awesome. 
I'm constantly, Amanda Cerny interviewed me and it got emotional yeah. at the end of the interview. She says, what advice would you give to young girls? And I said, never, ever, ever settle for something. A relationship, a business, anything in your life, but particularly with a man that doesn't treat you magnificently yeah. because you deserve that. And she goes, well, what if you just don't like the way he eats his food and he chews? I go, great, good. If you don't like it, fine. That's there's. You should get everything out of a relationship. You should get everything out of your life. And the only way you're going to do that is if you believe you're worthy of it. Yeah. You're going to have to believe you're worth it. You're going to have to have that high identity. Don't take anything from someone that's less than you're worthy of mm -hmm. ever in your life. Yeah, absolutely. So we just mentioned here, you know, having all of the money and all of the success, but still not being happy. I want to touch into that because I don't mm -hmm. think, you know, a lot of people talk about it enough. Like, what's it like? Like, when did you feel like you made it? And mm -hmm. when did you feel like... You know, because you've started from mm. nothing, right? Like, mm. I know your story. And mm. if you guys want to hear Ed's story, go to his podcast, listen to it. Like, I thank want to you. talk about the real good, like, you know? Yeah, thank you. So, but no, I want to know, like, when, was there a moment, the first moment you ever felt, holy shit, I fucking made it? Yeah. Do you want me to be really honest? Yeah, honest. I don't think I feel that way now. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm not, I'm happy. Yeah. And I'm fulfilled, but I don't feel like I've made it. Um, I don't know. Like I, I thought I would. So I thought, well, I'll, one of the, my main drivers, which is healthy, one of my main drivers is I was so afraid to be broke. Yeah. More, I, I was more afraid to be broke than I was excited to be rich. Isn't that weird? Yeah. But I find a lot of people are that way that are successful. I don't think your fears are there for no purpose. Mm -hmm. I think if your fears get you to take action and they don't paralyze you, leverage them. Mm -hmm. Right? I leveraged a lot of my fears of being broke. But I remember thinking when I finally buy my first beach house and yeah. I pay for it cash, you did pay cash. for this cash? All this is cash. My, oh my jet, my, this is important for people to know too. Yeah. This is a very important principle if you don't mind me saying. Yeah. Don't buy things on credit to impress people who aren't going to be impressed anyway that you really don't care about. So um, just so you know, when you follow my stuff, all my homes, all my cars, the Rolls, the Ferrari, the jet, mm -hmm. the houses, the beach, the lake, everything is owned free and clear. Yeah. I have no debts, no yeah. bills. I have an American Express bill I pay every single month. So yeah. I'm. that's important to me. The Bible says, oh, no man, nothing. You don't yeah. want to have a bunch of burden of debt. But I don't feel like I ever feel like I've made it because the truth is, I think that'd be a formula for unhappiness. I think that all successful people, there's a little bit of this like gap between what they know they're capable of and where they are. And as long as you can have what I call blissful dissatisfaction. Mm -hmm. So bliss is living happily and still being dissatisfied. People think, well, if I'm completely happy, then I have no drive anymore. Yeah. No, I'm a very, very happy man. I'm very blissful, but I'm dissatisfied, which is healthy. There's this stuff I know I can do. There's more people I know I can help. And I think if I ever got to where I think I made it, that gap would be gone and my drive and my desire would be dissipated. So it's not that I don't feel proud of myself. It's not that I'm not happy I haven't helped my family, but I feel like I'm capable of more. Well, then that's that's yeah. why you are who you are and yeah. where you are today. Yeah, I and think. that's why you are. It, you're, I wasn't in my life as far along at your age as you are. You're further than me. Right. You're ahead of the pace yeah. I was on. Right. You've reached more people. You've helped way more people in your life at your age than I did at that age. But I don't think you think you've made it. I think no, you're happy. I'm like, I'm happy, but right. I'm like, I want so much right. more. And I think in 10 years, yeah. you're going to have an even more abundant life and helped millions of more people. And I'm sure you're going to be in a great marriage and probably have great children. Maybe by that time, possibly mm -hmm. you never know by that time. But I bet if I asked you then, have you made it? You'd be like, I'm so happy. But I haven't made it yet. Yeah. I've got more to do in my life. But it's so interesting because I actually remember, you know, let's say four or five years ago before mm -hmm. I started making my own money. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I wasn't raised in a wealthy family or a very, you know, middle mm -hmm. class. My parents are artists. I remember them always 
you know, being in debt when I was a kid. Mm. Like I was very, I was very humble beginnings. And now it's like, you know, I'm, I'm a businesswoman. I'm doing so many different things. And I'm, I'm now able to afford, like, you know, if I want the new Prada yep. bag, I bought one the other day and it's like, oh, nice. That was nice. And then I thought to myself the other day, I was like, oh my God, if I had bought this Prada right. bag like three years before, I'd be like, this is the best day of my life. And I kind of devalued it now and it yeah. kind of scared me. I was like, shit, like, yeah, you is should... this what it becomes? No, like, and you need to be careful of that. Yeah. I think you need to be careful of cheating yourself out of joy because yeah. if you don't, like, if you're not wowed by your life, so I don't want you to think I'm not wowed. There are mornings I wake up, I'm like, that's the fucking ocean and yeah. I live on it. Yeah. yeah. Wow, how'd we get here, right? And because I've known my wife since we were little kids, yeah. We both kind of go, can you believe this? It's nostalgic. Because as you, yeah. you know, we've lived before where the our power's been turned off. We've had cars repoed. Yeah. We've had the water yeah. turned off in our house where we couldn't shower or brush our teeth. So when you go from not having running water to like, that's the ocean, sure. And I think it's also a lie that people say, well, material things will never make you happy. Lie. It's Trust momentary me. happiness. You got happiness, it. It won't know? fulfill you. Yes, exactly. But it will make you happy. There's yeah. no way. I'm, shoot, I, this yeah. makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't fulfill my existence. I haven't made it because I live on the beach. Yeah. But like what we're doing today feels like my home. Like I'll feel better about that we reached one person today than I will like tonight go, whoa, I live on the ocean. Yeah. Right. So I want both. But you should be careful. You should, there should be this wow factor in your life where you yeah. go, I'm proud of me. Because I, I think what I'm happened, working on it. You need it because there's this part of your brain. It's called dopamine. Yeah. You get this hit of dopamine, and if you keep cheating yourself out of that dopamine, eventually your brain goes, "Well, then let's not do it again. Yeah. Let's not go get anything better. Let's not try to try, try this anymore. It doesn't feel good. Mm. Your body responds. Your body is your unconscious mind. Not to get too detailed. Mm. And so, if you're doing things consciously and your body doesn't get the feeling it should feel, like imagine if it's a bad example. I won't use that. Imagine if your love, love time with a significant other didn't feel good yeah. ever, right? You wouldn't want to continue to do it. No. So there has to be, when you do a behavior, your body has to feel good. So you should get that rush. Yes. It is a big deal. And it was a rush, but then the next day I was like, oh, this would have been a bigger deal a few years sure. back. And that's just life, I yeah, guess, yeah. you know, but I think, you know, for people listening that don't, that just want the really nice car and want money and they're so jealous of people with money because mm -hmm. they really want the material things like, mm -hmm. You know, what's it really like being able to have whatever you want? And mm -hmm. and I know you're going to say, like, you know, it's not even about that anymore. It's about the bigger picture. No, but I think that's always, I don't like when rich people say that. You're yeah. exactly right. It's great. Yeah. It's great to be able to take your mom and dad to dinner. Yeah. Remember the first time I took my mom and dad and I paid. Yeah. You know, I felt like a million a bucks, feeling. man. It's a great feeling to, to, I have a sister who's diabetic and families that have a need from time to time. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, hey. It's great to eat great food. Yeah. You know, it's great to be in nice places. It's great to meet cool people. I, I don't want you to think that's not awesome. It's incredible. But it's not everything. It's not everything. But I want you to have it. I don't think the desire for that is unhealthy. Yeah. But man, wouldn't it be terrible if you do what so many rich people do, which is you never change you. Mm. You never become happy and you end up with a bunch of stuff. Because guess what? Once you buy your beach house someday, everybody, guess who has to go there with you? You. Mm. And you know what? When you're at that really cool party and there's all kinds of cool people there, you know who's there? You. And when you're on your jet and you're flying around the world, you. And so if you're not happy with you, if you don't start the process of being happy with you now, you're going to take this miserable, unhappy person and all these jets and beach houses with you and you're going to be miserable. Ed, I love what you talk about yeah. with confidence and, mm. you know, it's all about the relationship with yourself. Maybe you want to mm. go into that a little bit. How do you gain confidence? Yeah, and which I had none. Yeah. When I was a, a young man, um, self-confidence is the process of keeping the promises that you make to you. That's it. 
self-confidence is you built a reputation with yourself where like I do shit I say I'm going to do. And so the way you begin to do that, it seems ridiculous, it seems trite, is you start making little promises that you keep. That could be as small as what time you get up in the morning, yeah. when you're going to go to the gym, how you're going to eat a particular way. And you should start by making a list of promises that you're pretty damn sure you can keep. And you start checking those boxes. And maybe it's the way you're going to treat somebody. Or every day I'm going to text two friends and tell them I love them. And you start checking these boxes where you do things you tell yourself you're going to do. And then all of a sudden when something's bigger, you're like, I do what I say I'm going to do. Yeah. I do. And you build this habit, this routine, this ritual. It becomes who you are. If you meet someone who doesn't have self-confidence, I'm just being honest with you. You haven't kept promises you make yeah. to you. You've consistently let yourself yeah. down. It's no one else. You changing you has absolutely nothing to do with anybody other than you. And if you're a person of faith, you and God. Outside of that, all changes within your control. And so I'm huge to this day. Like I have a list of things I do every single day. At the end of the day, I go, I did that, I did that, I did that, I did that. I didn't do that one. If I did these other three too, I keep, I do, I do shit I say I'm going to do. Yeah. That's who I am, right? Yeah. And that's where my self-confidence comes from. My confidence isn't confident. I think I'm the best looking guy or the smartest. Because you know what? Most of us aren't. Yeah. I don't come from the best family. There's things in my life I'm embarrassed of. There's things my family's done that's embarrassing. There's some shameful things even in my mm. past in my family. We all have those things. But I'm proud of me. Because yeah. guess what, man? This dude right here, if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. Yeah. And all of you could transform your life by just being that person with you. Yeah. Oh, I freaking love yeah, that yeah. so, so much. Yeah. So tell me, do you have any, like, it seems like you just have it all. You have the amazing mm -hmm. relationship, amazing mm -hmm. family, amazing homes, amazing mm -hmm. career. You're helping people. What do you not have? Wow. That's the best question anyone's ever asked me. Shut ever. up, really. No one's ever asked me <laughs> that. What do you not have? Yeah. <sighs> I don't have healthy parents. Mm. So I don't have health in my family right now. And... So that's hard. Yeah. I, I don't have, I don't have as much control over my time as I deserve. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to change that next year. Mm -hmm. um, I need to control my own time more rather than have it controlled all the time. And um, if I, I, probably if I'm being totally honest, all the things I'm telling everybody to do, I could do a better job of still to this day of doing. In other words, there's degrees and levels to which my identity needs to grow. And I don't have, um, I don't have the satisfaction of believing I've made the difference in the world that I'm capable mm -hmm. of having. Especially when we talk about like your audience. Yeah. This generation, man, is so hard on each other. Yeah. So hard on each other on social media, mm -hmm. the way they treat each other, the messaging. Um, I would love to think at the end of when I'm done with all that I'm doing that there's been a cultural change yeah. where the world is kinder. Yeah. where more people really are happy and believe in their dreams, where more people your age are raised by happier parents. Yeah. So that there's a happier home you're in. There's a more joyous home that, you, you, that you're that you gonna give for your children someday. And it's like the compound effect. Compound all, effect. Yeah. And then you know what, my work will be done. So I don't have that and I sure wish my parents were healthier. Yeah. So enjoy, if you have parents guys, you may not always get along with them. You're gonna get to my age and you're gonna wish you had appreciated them more. Yeah. Trust me. Well, yeah. thank you for being so honest. It's, yeah, that's yeah. The, that's the answer. There's probably more I don't have, but that's the first thing that came to my head. I love that. Okay, so I have one more big question for you, Ed. Yeah. I love morning routines. I think mm. they're an amazing mm. you know, thing to implement into your life to have an amazing day. They're the foundation to your day, right? Mm. And your mornings create your weeks, and your weeks create your months, and then years, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. So I always preach a morning routine. I'm so mm. curious. What's yours? You are a high achiever. You get mm. so much shit done, mm -hmm. and you have an incredible 
work ethic? Like how, what do you do in the morning yeah. to keep you on that mode? Good you know? question. And uh, by the way, I have a book. And by the way, I'm not selling my book. No, you go, go to Max, buy his book, guys. No, I, I think it, so, I, right? it might even be anything. It's a little book. It's 100 pages, but it would yeah. help you. I detail it in there. But here's my philosophy about routines. If I can control the first 30 minutes of my day and the last 30 minutes of my day, just those 30 minutes, I have a higher probability of controlling the middle of my day. So the biggest habit that I have that I'm proud of is I do not check my telephone the first 30 minutes after so I wake good. up. It was the hardest thing in the history of the world to get used to doing because you're like, I know there's stuff on there. But the problem is if you wake up, what most of us wake up, what do we do really? We wake up, we're worried. What do I got to do? What's my mm. first appointment? What's my first class? What's my first this? What's my first call? And then you then you grab your phone and there's 11 text messages and one of them's call me back. And what do you start to do? You start to react. Mm. Okay, and that sets the context for the rest of your day. You're a reactor. You react to things. Leaders and winners dictate the terms. Yeah. Followers react. So if you're someone who wakes up, grabs a phone, you're in reaction mode. So I went, I'm gonna go 30 damn minutes where I dictate the terms of my day. That's my time. Then I'll get to your bullshit, what's on my phone. Yeah. Okay, and unless someone's dying, there's nothing on your phone you have to get to the first 30 minutes. Pretend you slept 30 minutes in more. So what I do do when I get up for those 30 minutes is I go through that gratitude exercise mm -hmm. I told you. I just get up, what am I grateful for? I meditate and pray for about yeah. 10 or 15 minutes. I do a walking meditation now where I anchor the feelings in my body. But I'm big on meditation and prayer and gratitude. I just flood myself, that gets me ready for my day. What am I excited about? Who am I grateful for? Who loves me? Who do I love? I, it sounds cheesy, I'm no, 48 funny. years old. I still do it, I've been doing it for about 28 years. And I'm asking myself the same damn question every day. And then I do some stretching. And then I do something cold. I take a cold plunge. I, I get to take a cold shower only for a couple minutes. For some of you that live in cold weather areas, people take this to an extreme. You will get sick if you do this every day. But I jump in a cold plunge or I run a cold faucet in yeah. the shower and then I get warm. You don't have to stay cold. Mm -hmm. But what the cold does is it gives you fight or flight. It awakens you completely. All your senses are awake. Your entire systems are alert and alive. And you know what else? It's hard shit to do. It's self-discipline, It's self-discipline. Right? Yeah. It's the first major promise I keep to myself every day. So now I'm building that self-confidence. I'm doing the same thing. What am I grateful for, right? There's yeah. my prayer and meditation. Now I do something totally uncomfortable, cold. Then I get warm, but yeah. cold, I'm doing shit no one's willing to do. Yeah. I'm awake and alert. I've kept the first promise to myself. I do all that. And then typically for me, that leads into either eating at that time, really quick eating, and then uh, I review my goals. Mm -hmm. What are the goals that are on my screen, saving my phone? One small tip, average person checks their smartphone 400 times a day. That first thing you're gonna look at on your screen could be a picture of you and your boyfriend or your girlfriend, or it could be your goals. Yeah. And so on me, it's the top 10 goals I've got going on in my life. 400 times a day, my unconscious mind looks at that screen when I grab my phone and it's in my head. Amazing. So I do that and then I check my phone. Yeah. That's my first 30 minutes. Fucking fabulous. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, oh, it's I a love key. it. What are we at? Because I want to keep going, but I know you have a... We've done a lot. I know we've done a lot. It's up to you, whatever you want. Okay, one last question. Okay, cool. You're really good at this, by the way. Thank you so much. You're really, so are really you. good. Really, you're, really, you're pretty good at it. So. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> my one last question for you, Ed Milet, yeah. is, you know, it's 2020 right around the corner. Mm -hmm. It's mid-December right now. Mm -hmm. It's the start of a new decade. Yeah. Like, this is pretty big, and Huge. we want to start the decade on the right foot. Mm -hmm. What can people do now? Because you can't start on January 1st. Yeah. You got to start now because you, yep. you just got to prep yourself. Like, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give your audience yeah. a huge gift. I'm writing on it now. It's not going to come out till the second half of the year, but I've not said this on any shows. Okay. One, you got to get crystal clear on what you want. Everybody's going to tell you that. You got to write down your goals and you got to know why you want them. That's like basic one-on-one -on -one goal setting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do all that. But I'm going to give you something that's going to change your life. 
there's all this science now that says your mind consciously, so you think a thought, I want to make $100,000. That's your conscious thought. Mm -hmm. Your body is your unconscious mind. It's, a, it's feelings. So what happens, the reason most goals don't work, I go, I want $100,000. They think it, and then their body, their unconscious mind, is not doing that. It's like, yeah, no, you're not. No, no, nobody feels that way. Yeah. And so their feelings aren't in congruence with their thought. Okay. So athletes are better at this than anybody because they're always moving their bodies when they're visualizing their dreams. So I'm going to give you a, a three-pronged attack that will change your life. You must start to visualize your goals while you're moving your body. If you've changed your physical state when you're visualizing. So what's that mean? When you're taking a walk, when you're doing your yoga, when you're on your run, when you're doing any cardio at the gym, 45 minutes of cardio, two minutes of that is you visualizing your goals. Now what you're doing is you're syncing, you're feeling your body with your goal and you're literally rewiring yourself. You're creating neuro, we call neuro pathways in your body. Your feelings and your thoughts are incongruence. Now you're a fucking weapon. Yeah. Okay. And then the third element of it, and by the way, if you don't work out, have you ever noticed how you feel good thoughts when you're in the shower? You ever notice that? Like, I get good thoughts in the shower. It's because that hot water, when it hits you, is changing your state. Yeah. Now your body is in a peak state. That's another time to be visualizing your goals. If you start to anchor your goals to a physical state, thought and feeling together, you're a weapon. This will be common practice in the world in a decade, and I'm the first person ever to write about it and talk about it. Because I, all the athletes I coach, what do they do well? Yeah. They're always moving their body when they're visualizing. And then the third thing, what athletes do, is the last piece. They visually put themselves in the visualization of the movie, celebrating the touchdown, celebrating the goal being scored, celebrating the home run. So the third element is when you're visualizing, flood yourself for gratitude for the achievement of an event that has not yet existed. Mm. So if you have your thought, your body, and you flood yourself with gratitude in the movie that you're picturing of the goal being achieved with gratitude, you've remade you. If you do that day after day, week after week, you'll manifest those things in your life. Oh my God. That's how you do it. It's how you literally change you. Wow. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Ed Milet, yeah. everyone. <laughs> oh my God. Honestly. Let's go. Cool. You're the that's one Thank of the best interviews I've ever had.